Hello, all of my friends. Welcome back to Communication Corner. We are your host, Hannah. And I'm Mudo. And on today's episode, we'll be spilling the tea about crazy things people have said to us and confessing our deepest, darkest SLP secrets. So grab a coffee, get a snack, clean, drive to work, whatever you're doing, and let's start talking speech therapy. Let's begin with just, you know, talking about how our week's going and give you some updates. So, Madam, you know, last week you talked about finding a job. Why won't you kind of update us on what's going on? Yes, I have a couple updates. So the first one is I accepted a job. <laughs> um, last time we what? talked about, yeah, last time I told you guys about um, how I applied to two different private practices. Well, mm-hmm. the one that I had, like, I thought I had initially wanted to work with never got back to me. So I was like, you know what, I'll just take this job, like this private practice who has been super accommodating with me. And um I mean, we've gone back and forth a lot besides like in terms of salary, like I mentioned, like I need to have somewhere where I need to pump because I have a baby and like I need a really right. flexible schedule and they've just been so, so great with me. So I was like, um, I have a really good feeling about this. The pay is good too. So I just accepted them yesterday. Um, and they're wow. Gonna, congrats. Yeah, thank you. I'm really excited. They're going to, we're going to fly out to LA. Um, mid June. And then we're thinking okay. of just making it like a weekend trip. That's my update for the job. I will be employed in a month and a half. <laughs> well, that's exciting. Um, we can't hate to yeah. wait to hear the stories. And Omar's first trip first or? Um, let me think. Yeah, he hasn't gone anywhere fun. Um, yeah, it'll be his first trip. My mom oh. was like, do you want me to watch him for you? And I was like, um, we're actually planning an international vacation. So I'm going to hmm. watch him then. <laughs> I don't need him to be watched for LA. We're not going to do anything that's like not baby friendly. Um, okay. So then also I wanted to share, I don't know if anybody else is watching this, but Ted Lasso is such a good show. Have you watched it? (laughs) I haven't, but I heard of it. Okay. So my brother is really into soccer. And so he was watching it. And then my husband Mm -hmm. was watching it with him. And I literally just started tuning in like around episode three. Um, and then we binge watched all the episodes like up until now. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's just this like really funny laid back, series that I really enjoy like sometimes different series can be um too emotional or mm-hmm. I don't like scary things but this is just like super chill super fun um I literally enjoy it so much and it's just a good way to relax for me um and okay. then also another update not speech therapy related but Omar has started um reaching for things and Aww. we were at like a jewelry at a jewelry store and this jewelry store like um it's owned by a Palestinian man very local to us, Hannah. Um, and he like offers Turkish coffee while you're like perusing. Um, oh, and cute. so he, yeah, it's so, and it's delicious. I don't even like coffee like that, but it's delicious. Um, and he gave me a cup, and I discovered that Omar or Ahmed is reaching, um, now because he reached for my cup and almost spilled it all over everything. Um, I was like, oh, we can't afford oh. everything in this case, so you need to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> But well, yeah, it was, yeah, it's so cool to like watch him reach for things because I just know like I'm next and I'm really excited for him to just like hold out his little arms to no. me and say, Mama, I'm so ready for it. I'm really ready for it, but he's not yet. So I'm giving him <laughs> his time. But getting his milestones. He is. It's so fun like to watch him like develop a personality, like go from this blob <laughs> and mm-hmm. newborn blob who's very adorable, but still just a blob to like a 
person who like has personalities and likes and dislikes. It's just, it's crazy. But that's my update. What do you have for us? How's your week been? It's been good. I have two updates. Um, The first one, it's funny that you mentioned a show because I had a recommendation for a show. I don't know. Do you watch Bridgerton? I don't know. Oh, you're missing out. um, Well, a new show came out. It's like a spinoff of Bridgerton. It's called Queen Charlotte. And literally, it was so good. I watched it. There were six episodes. And... I had such a busy weekend, but I was like, okay, Sunday night, it's going to happen. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Omar, we're watching it together. And we watched it back to back to back and one afternoon. Um, And at the end, I was bawling my eyes out. I was crying so hard. It was so good. The love was amazing. It's um, it was amazing. But um, for those who know and watching it, I bet you guys can all relate to how great it was. Yeah. I've um, heard really good things about it, but I just never got like, like I've never, it's been on my watch list for so long. But I've just never got it. Like I've never had the chance. You really should do it. It's ugh, such a great show. They're all great shows, both the spinoff and Bridgerton itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's my first update. My second is it actually happened literally a couple hours ago. Um, and so, you know, here's a short little story. I was doing the dishes the other day and I noticed we were kind of all out of spoons. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Um, Cause we have like big like spoons and then short spoons or smaller spoons. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a couple of days passed by. And today my husband was like, oh, you know, why don't we have four small spoons? There's usually like eight. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? That's weird. So I started counting all of the spoons and forks. And we were missing <laughs> one small fork and three small spoons. And I was like, Omar, that's so weird. Like we're the only two people in this home besides Frankie. And we are both very particular on where we place things. Like we're not, Mm -hmm. we're very organized people. Like I'm the type of person that like, if it has a place, it's going back there. Like it's not like when we finish with the dish, when we finish eating, it automatically goes in the dish, the sink. And then I'm automatically watching it, washing Mm -hmm. it. Right. So I was like, where could I have been? And I was like, okay, Frankie couldn't have taken it. My dog couldn't have taken it. And I was like, the only other person has been in our house was our friends the other day. And then our maintenance guy. And I was like, nowhere maintenance guy is stealing our cutlery, right? <laughs> you know, I'm, so I took Frankie out for a walk and I was like, dude, I'm so creeped out. I was so creeped out. And so I called my sister and I was talking to her on the phone and I was like, and it hit me. I've done this in the past where when I was living with my parents, I threw away forks and spoons. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like (laughs) like mindlessly. Oh my goodness. When I'm like like wiping off the food and putting it into the trash. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, Omar is going to be so upset with me. He's going to be so mad. So I, I finished my walk and I go, I shamelessly walked in. I was like, it's my fault. I think I threw away the spoons and forks and he shook his head. He was like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, I'm so sorry. I felt oh my so gosh. bad. <laughs> Don't feel so bad. I mean, I've done it before too. I've like, or even like, you know, when you put like the milk in the pantry instead of like, I mean, Ooh. I don't know if you do okay, that. I've I've done that, that like, but... I was like, maybe you haven't, but just like, sometimes I'm like kind of in this mindless like right. just going through the motions and I'll just like put the wrong thing or like I'll put the chips in the fridge or something like that where like I know mm-hmm. it doesn't belong there and then right. like I'll go sit down and of course the second I get comfortable I'm like oh, I put it in the pantry and I, at least you remember though 
I mean, at least you remember the fact that I think we actually <laughs> threw them away. So it's like, I was like, oh, I guess my maintenance guy isn't stealing my spoons and forks, but which Unlikely. is a good thing. Yes. <laughs> Unlikely, right? My, no, my sister was like, yeah, my sister was like, um, Hannah, I don't think that's such an odd thing to steal. So I don't think it's them. And I was like, did she, is she the one right. who, rem- is she the one who reminded you that you used to do that? Or did it just like, no, it just, it just hit me that like, um, when I was talking to her, I was like, Oh wait, did I do this before? And she was like, yeah, like mom's found a few spoons of forks in the, the trash can before and like had to get them out of the trash can. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I think I'm the problem here. <laughs> but yeah, it's okay. That's funny. That's like, I honestly, that's not where I thought it was going to go. I thought you were going to say Frankie was able to open the drawers and like, um, take them. I don't know. My cats can open, like in my entryway, we have little cabinets and they can mm-hmm. open them. Like, I'll just hear them like, oh my open, close, open, close, but their litter box covers it. So they can't open it mm-hmm. all the way. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, mm-hmm. one of these days you're going to get stuck in there and I'm not going to know where you are. So I don't know, maybe Frankie's part cat. <laughs> I mean, the cats are a little smarter, I think. They're like just more, they're a little smarter than dogs at some points. Yes. I mean, all the cats I've ever had were like, we used to have a cat that could literally open the um, screen door. Like she would just put her claw in it and drag it and come in. And once she stole stole a steak off of our counter. (laughs) Did she eat it? Yeah, she took it and ran. She was out. Oh my and my God. mom's like, I don't know if we could use the rest of this package. This was when we were still living in the Middle East. But um, I don't know what we ended up doing. I was like 10. But it was just really funny. Like, she just ran out with it. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah. Um, but yeah, that is my update for this week. Nice, nice. I'm glad that you discovered the case of the missing spoons. Okay, so now we are going to move into what I think is one of our best segments, um, and it's called Spitch Please. Um, this is where we talk about rude, funny, or odd things people have said to us. Um, and Hannah, why don't you start us off? What's your split Spitch Please moment? Okay, so it actually happened to me last week. Um, should I tell you the quote, or should I just say, say the story? What do you think? Say the story. I think say the okay, story. Okay, just put Give the us the background okay. info. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Okay, so here's what happened. So I had a patient and I had recommended this patient do a swallow study, an MBS. And so, you know, the patient, the first day that I recommended it was, wasn't able to do it because he was just so fatigued. He like literally could barely stay awake for my bedside eval. So I was like, okay, let's give him a day. The next day, unfortunately, he had dialysis. And I don't know if you know, but dialysis takes like three, four hours, takes a long time. And then patients are usually, typically most patients are very fatigued after dialysis. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and it was already getting like one, two o'clock. And so I was like, I don't think he's going to bounce back and be like perky in the next Mm -hmm. hour. Um, And I was leaving soon. So I was like, we should probably do it for tomorrow morning. So, you know, I was waiting a few days for the swallow study. And finally, um, on Friday, the day it was like, perfect. Everything worked out. The stars aligned. And mm-hmm. so, um, I, you know, I talked to radiology, we get it set up and then I finally get a call. And then the radiologist tech is like, Hannah, your patient's down here. We can get going. So, you know, I go, go to the radiology department. Um, and typically if I finish setting up, I will help like, you know, transport the patient, you know, I've been mm-hmm. trained in like safe handling, um, mm-hmm. safe patient handling. And so I'll assist. 
if needed. And so, but however, they called me and they had already put the patient on the swallow, the MBS chair. And so I started like, you know, setting up the, the Verabar barium and there was two techs and then a student. Okay. So they were repositioning this patient. He is wheelchair bound and doesn't really have a lot of mobility in upper and lower extremities. Right. Um, And so, you know, they were repositioning him and they couldn't get him. He kept like sliding out of the chair. And so there's like these two Velcros that you can like put over patients. So if they have bad trunk control, it can keep them sitting up and at like, at least like 45 to 90 degrees for the study. And so, you know, they're trying to set up and I could hear them in the background being like, really frustrated that this patient kept sliding. And so I kind of like say, Hey, are you guys okay? Like, is there anything I can do? And they go, well, is this procedure even going to work? Like, can this patient even like tolerate sitting up? Um, he keeps falling down. And I was like, yeah, I think it should be fine. You know, we've had like quadriplegics in our chair before and they do great. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You just have to reposition them and we have that support so they can they can be able to sit up so we can support them with their trunk. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the tech is looking at me like, oh, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, we can do this. We just have to keep trying. So I, you know, I'm helping reposition, I'm sitting him up. Um, and then I go back to doing what I'm doing. And then they're still very frustrated because they couldn't figure it out. And this, the radiologist tech kind of like says very loudly, well, this is Hannah's patient. So shouldn't she be, you know, and I was like, I like stood there and like, just like, excuse, like, I was like, what? And I, I responded with, no, no, this is our patient. This is a Uh team effort. It is billed twice. You get an order and I get an order. Mm -hmm. So this is our patient. This is not just mine. Yes. And you said should. that. I'm so yeah, I said proud it out loud. I said that out loud. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I was so proud. I was so proud I so thought proud of it of though. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I was just like in shock that she had said that. I was like, no, this is like she expected me to do all of the work. Like this is literally both of our patients. This is not just mine. And you offered, like you went up to them and yeah. you offered mm-hmm. to help. Like I it's offered. not like you were just like, I'm gonna watch you guys struggle. <laughs> Yeah, no. And then I even said, I was just like, and then, and then she said, and then I go, you know, honestly, like if we can't figure this out, maybe we should get transport. Maybe that they can help. They're the ones that mainly transport patients. Um, and I just said, let's go get transport. And they go, well, we're not transport. And I said, and I looked at them and I go, well, I'm not either, but we're all trained to transport patients. Right. And she didn't say, and is the patient sitting this whole time, literally sitting there like, just, just waiting and just like watching this awkward interaction. Oh, how embarrassing. That's what I said. And then she, and then I say, well, would you like me to get the physical therapist? Cause I was like, I don't know. Like if you guys can't figure that out and I tried to help you and they kept denying, like I kept offering them suggestions and they go, no, that's not going to work. No, it's not going to work. So mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, you keep denying all the suggestions I'm giving you. So I'm going to offer different disciplines that maybe can help in this team effort. Right. And they go, no, we don't need the physical therapist. So I said, okay. And then so, so what did you guys do? <laughs> that's crazy. So like, so she, and then she continued to be rude and she like, we have to, you know, like in the swallow city, you have to wear lead. And so mm-hmm. typically for my hospital, the radiologist is in the room, but he likes to stand behind the wall and have the text fluoro. Mm-hmm. And so the student, the student tech was going to fluoro today and the 
the radiologist, the normal radiologist tech was either going to like go behind the wall or just step out. And so the, the student had the, had her vest on already had her, um, gear on. And the tech was just like the one that was really rude. It was holding, holding the, um, what is it called? With the vest, which was holding the vest in her hand. And that was the vest I usually use. And so I'm like, I like was ready and I was like, going to grab it. And I was like, are you going to stay in the room? And she was like, no, this, this is for the radiologist. And I was like, the radiologist typically doesn't want to fluoro. I know this radiologist. He usually stands in the back. Oh, excuse me. He stands in the back and she goes, well, um, and I was like, can I have it? Like, do you want me to get a new one? And she was like, well, she kept stuttering. And I was like, it's okay. You can have it. And she goes, no, just here, take it. And I was like, okay. So like I grabbed and she like stormed out. And I was like, interesting. And she's she like, just trying to help you. No, she's not new. She's been there for so long. And she was you like, I was just trying before? to help you. Sorry, she's never I done my studies. No, 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 no. You're fine. She's never really done my studies. But you know, you know, so we ended up getting she ended up leaving the room, thank God, because I was like, she was really I was over with her conversations with me. And so the student, I, and the student, if you're listening, you know who you are. I love you so much because she's absolutely amazing. Best student we've ever had. And we get him into the area where the x-ray is and she does a test like screen or a test picture. And he's like shoulders is just like in the way blocking the view. So she Mm -hmm. works with me and we have to reposition him like three times. And she like pulled him out. We, we like laid him flat again. We pulled him up. We did this three times and we got, he was like fine with this. He was fine. He was totally fine. You know, you know, you're fine. He was totally fine with everything and we got a beautiful picture of as well like it was absolutely wonderful yeah um and I literally at the end she actually the tech walked by me and I okay it was a little low-key salty because I almost stopped her and I almost said um I just want to let you know the study (laughs) did get done and you can pull up the documents and the slides to view that we can do videos with patients who are not mobile Mm -hmm. You could tell but her. I we could do I hard things, just like you. Really, we can do hard things. Absolutely, we can do hard but um, but I kept my mouth closed. Um, it just like really annoyed me. Like, if like, yeah, dude, like Hannah's patient. Like, are you yeah. not getting paid to be here? <laughs> right, and like, just because you didn't, you tried one time and it failed. Guess what? Try again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you gotta try harder. Just yeah. because you fail once doesn't mean it can't happen um, especially because like yeah. this is something that's gonna like your results are gonna affect like the texture you give him and it's gonna affect so many things so safety. definitely trying more than once is key um i'm just i really am though really happy that you said something to her in the moment because i feel like i would have like brushed it off and but like kept trying but not like addressed it and then mm-hmm. it would have just stayed with me and I would have stayed so like frustrated about it for so long so I'm glad that you told Damn. her and brought it to her attention it's been actually that's typically what I do but I'm trying to learn to say things in a professional way but mm-hmm. still address like comments like that because it's not okay you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. we have to advocate for patients, mm-hmm. um, even if it makes us uncomfortable. Because mm-hmm. if we're uncomfortable, I told this to another speech therapist who was um, felt very uncomfortable by a situation because she was advocating to do a swallow study. And I told her, you know, if you're uncomfortable for advocating for a patient, then you're doing something right. Then you're mm-hmm. doing what you need to do. Yes. But yeah. It's okay. Yeah. The more you do it, the less uncomfortable it'll be. 
But I'm glad absolutely. you that, was, that was a good, that was absolutely what I picture <laughs> when I think spitch, please. Like, <laughs> like I, I absolutely think that was perfect. Well, thank you. Um, but now what is your spitch, please moment? So mine. Okay. So I'm actually, I've, when this happened to me, I did talk to a few different people about it. Obviously one of them was the person that was in charge of our program. Hence how I was able to get another internship. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you guys some background information. Actually, I'm getting nervous just even, even like oh, thinking no. that I'm going to put this on here. I'm so oh, nervous. No. Okay. But as you guys know, I've talked about this previously. My first medical internship was at a place that I really loved. I loved the cute hospital I was at. It was so, so nice. I actually like within two weeks of being there. Um, I remember the HR department was like, um, would you be interested in like taking a job here when you're done? Like I literally, and I was like, yes, like this place is great. It's like, mm-hmm. everything's new. I love the, their model. I love the way how much they cared about their patients. Like I really love this place. Um, my supervisor, however, was kind of like going through very difficult moments in her life. And mm. she used to take her frustrations out <laughs> on me. Um, and so like which that. is not okay. No, it's not, not okay. okay. We all have difficult moments. We all have things going on in our lives. It's not the people around you's problem. Um, okay. So this is during, I want to say this week and a half, maybe second week of my medical internship, the first one. Um, and she decides like, I'm ready to start seeing clients, which is fine. I'm happy to do it. I'm excited. I'm like this little um, sponge and I'm just like, teach me everything. I want to be a great speech therapist. Right. And so Mm -hmm. we go into the room and I'm administering the mocha to someone who's had a stroke. And um, I've given the mocha a few times by now. And she always has like feedback and I always like adapt to it and, you know, try my best. Um, But because the way that she always gives her feedback is not nice, it's never, Mm -hmm. it's genuinely so mean. I am so afraid of this woman. I am terrified of this woman. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember like I would text my friends and be like, oh my gosh, you guys, my heart rate is so high right now. I'm so nervous. Like I, there was a, there was literally a drive where I was like, I kind of wish I would get into a minor car accident just so I wouldn't have to be here. Like I, (laughs) that's how anxious I was. And like, and I'm not saying that I was a perfect intern at all. There was so much I didn't know. Like I said, she's probably the most person that I've learned from in terms of the medical setting. Um, but I was so nervous and a lot of my mistakes were because of how scared I was of her. Mm -hmm. So I'm giving, so back to the story, I'm giving, um, the mocha to a patient who just had a stroke. Um, and while we're doing it, we do the clock and the patient is really struggling with it. Um, and I can see that they're getting frustrated. And so after a couple of attempts, we move on and now we're doing the part where there's five words and Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you these five words. And then I want you to remember them, whatever. I don't remember the prompts. It's been like a long time since I gave the mocha. But that's right. You know, like, yeah, I can't even remember the words that were, but okay. So we're doing that. I literally memorized them. I got them memorized too, but yeah, so we're doing the five words and I go to her after we practiced them actually a couple of times, which I don't even know Mm -hmm. if you're supposed to do that, but that's like what we used to do. No, you're right. Exactly. So a couple of times. So we Mm -hmm. practiced them two times and I tell her, okay, are you ready? And she says, no. And 
Um, or actually I said, okay, I'm, I'm looking at my watch now. I'm like, okay, I'm going to yeah. set a timer. Are you ready? And she says, no. And I'm like, okay, um, I can give you a minute or whatever. And my supervisor jumps in and she's like, so she was sitting behind me. She jumps in oh. and she's like, Madame, she said, no, you cannot force her to do this activity with you just because you're the therapist. So mind you, when we walked oh in, my gosh, that's not the moment. That's not the moment. Oh, it's not? Okay. <laughs> no, no, it's not. You will know when the moment comes, okay? Um, sorry. Okay, but I have to backtrack a little because I missed okay. something. So when we walked in, the patient was saying, I don't want to do this. And the patient's spouse okay. or partner was saying, you should do this because don't you want to get better? This is how they're going to know where to start therapy. And mm-hmm. they discussed it together and they agreed that the person, the patient was going to do this. So I already know the patient does not want to do this. Right. But she agreed. So we're, we're working on it. And the whole time I'm telling mm-hmm. myself, this is not going well. This like, oh, we no. need to redo the assessment. Like we need to give this person a break. We need to leave, come back another. Like I'm thinking this because I'm like, this is so frustrating for this patient. Like this is clearly not working out, but I'm mm-hmm. so afraid to tell that to my supervisor that I'm just like pushing through. Okay. Like I'm just trying to get through it. And we, you know, like I said, we got the five words. Okay. Now we're back where we're supposed to be. And okay. she jumps in and she's like, you cannot force people to do things they don't want to do. And I was, and mind you, I've gotten in trouble from her before for ending things early or for deciding like, um, this isn't like, we can, we can, we can stop here. Like, you know, I've made like, whatever. I'm starting to get anxious again. So I need to call her. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. So she was like lecturing me about how we can, can't force them. We get out of the, should we, I apologize. We get out of the room. Okay. We don't close the door. We don't go anywhere private. We're right there in the middle of the hallway. And she's lecturing me, which is fine. I'm someone who's very open to feedback. I want to be the best that I can be. But she's lecturing me about how I might become a speech therapist. This isn't even the moment. I might become a speech therapist, (laughs) but I will never have patients or clients because of my mannerism with them. This is the same person who patients used to pull me aside and be like, learn how not to be from her. Like, you know, so she's like, and I agree. I think if you're somebody who has terrible bedside manner, your patients are not going to feel comfortable with you. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay. I think like, I'm like, okay, this is like, I'm so anxious. Like, I can't believe that I did this. I'm just like nervous. And then she says, then she says, Maram, watching you do therapy makes me want to kill myself. You're lying. I'm not. And we are in the hallway. The patient can hear us. Everybody can hear us. There's a nurse to our left. I remember. Oh my gosh. I remember. And the nurse is like, and just like staring like at us. And I, that was my breaking point. That was when I was like, I can't, I can't keep coming here. I can't keep oh doing this. And God. I was just like staring at her and like, we're walking, we start walking towards her room and she's like, you know, still talking about how bad I am at therapy and how she's actually going to write a letter to our university and tell them that they wait, need to do a what? Job. They need to do a better job at prepping us. And she's even saying something along the lines like, and I've offered to come in and talk to the students and teach like, um, you know, like as a guest lecturer, but they never take me up on it. And in my head, I'm like, cause you're terrifying and <laughs> you would scare them so much. Right. But I'm not the kind of person that's ever going to say anything like that because that's rude. Right. Um, yeah. but I'm just like, 
listening to her and I'm holding my composure. I'm trying so hard not to cry. Like I literally did, like couldn't hear past like watching you do therapy makes me want to kill myself. I could not hear past that. I was just like, oh, first of all, why? <laughs> like you couldn't think of another way to say this. You couldn't just tell me, wow, you really suck at this. Like that would have been way better. Anyways, so well, she's done. Or do it in private. Like, dang. I mean, I personally would never tell someone that something they did made me want to kill myself. So, well, yeah, I, like, but... I was it's like, I don't. Okay, so, anyways, the way this goes is she finally she's done wiping the floor with me, um, and <laughs> I'm I'm like, okay, um, do you mind if I go grab a cup of water? And she's like, go ahead. And then I sobbed grabbing my cup of water that's like I just needed to cry cried all the way home cried to my husband cried in the shower and then I uh, informed a professor of what happened and she was like horrified um this is the same professor you talked about earlier she was Mm -hmm. literally horrified and she was like okay I'm gonna see what I can do because no student should have to go through this and like I said earlier she was able to get me out and um place me somewhere with an amazing supervisor who I'm still in contact with to this day. Um, and she absolutely had my back and she absolutely supported me through it. Um, but that is my spitch please moment. I wish I had a stronger personality because I think I, that was a moment that I should have stood up for myself. I think that should, I should have been like, well, I'm a student, like I'm here to learn from you. So if you see me doing something wrong, please, by any means in a professional manner, correct me. Like, I don't want to be out here like being a bad speech therapist, but I also don't want to be like a puddle on the floor at the end of every single day because of your verbal abuse. But um, you're not going to learn from that when you're a student. That's not a good environment and you're going to be scared. mm -hmm. I was terrified. I literally, as we continue with our confessions and whatever, like in the next episodes, like I will, like he will be like, wow, this is not Madame. Like, but I was so afraid of her. I was so, so, even like the first day that I was there when we did a training for positioning for us. Um, and one of the physical therapists like came up to me and he was like, Hey, just so you know, um, she's like this with everybody. Like she is mean to everybody. It's nothing personal against you. And he, at that point, hadn't even talked to me. Like we, I didn't know this person. He didn't have, like he hadn't, I think he'd seen us engage like during one Mm -hmm. of the patient sessions. And that's why he felt the need to say that. But he's like, yeah, she's like this with everybody. And I'm like, okay, happy to know it's not personal. Has no one ever talked to her? Like that's baffling that, has that ever been addressed with her? I don't I, I imagine no, I don't think so because our school has used her as a placement before, and I actually got in contact with the girl before. Okay, like I was about to ask. You. Yeah, I got in contact with the intern she had before me, and I was like, because she, oh my gosh, first of all, you know the same person who was before me, okay. and she's amazing. She is such a great speech therapist, like across all settings. She is perfect. Mm-hmm. She is so great, and she was her previous intern, and before. I even started, this is day one. The, this was actually going to be my other speech, please. But I was like, I can't. Um, the day one, she's like, listen, um, don't try to be like blah, blah, blah. I know you guys are from the same school. You will never be as good as her. Like she is so great. So she loves this person. Like she, this is her golden student, rightfully so. This okay. girl's amazing. 
I messaged that girl and I was like, hey, were you having problems with her? Because like, I'm really having a hard time with her. This is before the whole like kill myself thing came up. Um, And she was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I used to leave crying every day. And that's her favorite student. That's her favorite pupil, her star pupil that I should never try to be like, because I'll never live up to her. She used to make her cry. Like, you know, I think it's that she has this mentality of like, you need to be torn down so that you, I can build you back up. But then she never did the building back up part, like a really crucial part. (laughs) She never got around to it. And actually when I left, she was so disappointed because she said, I would have made such a great speech therapist. And that it is so disappointing that our university is removing me from this setting because I was the best that she has had or something along those lines, something where I'm like, you are gaslighting me so bad right now because you have mm. not ever said a nice thing to me <laughs> or right. like just like a professional thing to me. And so she was like, you're just, you were going to be so great. And I was like, I still will. Be. Did you tell her <laughs> that you were leaving too? Or was it just our professor telling her? No, I not show up. No, no, I, I would, I wouldn't not show up. Um, I, the way it happened was after that, um, I made a mistake. Um, cause now I was like, I need to be hyper prepared. I need to always know everything. And I was going in, like, we didn't start a day until nine and I would be there by seven. So I can like do all the charting, do everything. And oh, wow. so, yeah. And I, and I used to say like two hours late, like I really like wanted to be ready for this. Um, and so I ended up making a mistake and the professor used it as an excuse to pull me out. Cause she was like, I'm just going to say like, this is unacceptable. And like, pretend that I'm going to fail you. I was like, okay, do whatever you want to oh, do. Oh, so, so, so she, she, said, like, she put it on you instead of mm-hmm. the, yeah. So she like, um, she like was like, listen, I mean, my mistake was pretty big. Um, but can you, are you going to save it for another podcast or can you say it now? Or I'll tell you guys another time. I'll tell you guys another time, but, um, it was, this is the one that I was telling you about where like, I am still so embarrassed by it. Got you, Um, got you, got you. Like it wasn't big enough. Yeah. It wasn't like big enough to get kicked out of a program or anything like that. It wasn't don't okay, get your hopes okay. up. It's not that juicy. Um, (laughs) but, but it was a pretty like decent sized mistake where she could be like, I'm removing you. Like we, you know, you know better than this. And I did, but I was terrified. Um, and so she used that and she placed Rightly me with so. the most amazing supervisor close. Like it was an hour drive for me, but it was so worth it because this lady literally put my confidence back together while still helping oh, me become a better speech therapist. And so mm-hmm. it was really great. And she told me, she's like, this person is going to be so nice. They're going to, they are so gentle. She's not going to hurt you. <laughs> That's why you've been hurt talking to me. Like I'm some kind of wounded puppy, but I needed it. I was <laughs> so kind of were. You kind of were. I really oh was. So God. that was how, how long were yeah. you there for like into that internship? Um, I think I was there a month. So I think this happened like maybe at the two week mark. Um, and then it took us like, now that I say that maybe I was there, it was the third week that I was there. But mm. so the first week is only observation. Then the second week she started to like integrate me into the therapy. And then the third week is when I think I did the assessment and that whole thing happened. And mm. I wasn't upset at all with the patient. I want to say the patient was giving me, the patient was having a hard time is what I'm going to say. Right. They were having a very difficult time, but the patient stroke. is going through. Yeah. And that's, that's like, that's what I was telling um, my friend. I was like, or not my friend. I was telling my husband, like, 
the patient is living because when I was saying like talking, he was like, oh, um, sounds like they were giving you a hard time. And I was like, this is one of the most difficult times of their life. They mm-hmm. just had a stroke. So I don't have any expectation for them to be in a good mood. I don't have any expectation for them to like me. I have like, you are going through something that I cannot can only imagine how difficult it is. And so I had nothing against, I didn't even have anything against the situation. I was just like, you really needed to word word that better. Like looking back, I definitely like would have stepped in if it was like me and I would like, Maram now would have stepped into Maram then and been like, Hey, you need to back off. Like, you know, you need to give this person some space. They're clearly not in the the head space for this, but I would never in a million years, like never say anything like that to anybody at all. Right. not in a professional setting, no not in should. a non-professional setting. That's, I was so it's not upset, okay. but yeah, I think I was there for a month. How did you, um, since you observed the two weeks prior, um, what did you think as a student of her techniques that she used and how she interacted with patients? What were your thoughts? And would you have used that? She was did really smart. She, oh, she was a really speech smart? therapist for a long time. So she really like had... And she just used like the regular materials, like the papers and like the, um, the walk. She had like all the walks, the walk books. Yeah. Yeah. The walk books. Mm-hmm. So we used that a lot. Um, so she like had regular, like her therapy wasn't like, um, innovative or anything. It was just regular therapy, mm, just, but she was really smart. Like yeah. she knew a lot of different things. Her bedside manner was terrible. Like she wasn't just gotcha. mean to me. Like she was mean to the, like, I would consider it rude to the patients, but um definitely she was a little bit more professional with them but she they didn't like her they didn't like do you I think- told you one of them like literally was like mm-hmm. learn what not to do and that wasn't the first patient that told me like you don't want to be like this person and I think right. she was just burned out I think she was ready to retire I think she was in chronic pain all the time mm-hmm. and then like also had things going on in her personal life that like mm. was affecting her mood but like I said previously it's not our problem like <laughs> I don't have to like, I'll sympathize with you, but you, if you do this to me, then I don't really care, mm-hmm. honestly. Cause like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this isn't, it's not my issue that you're going through this. So don't, don't take it out on me. Yeah. And that's coming from someone who's really empathetic. That's coming from someone who will make a million excuses for a person before I ever like give them any blame. So mm-hmm. I, but like, it's not your patient's fault. It's not my fault. So just don't take on yeah. a student if you can't handle a student. <laughs> um, it sounds like she is um, probably a little book smart rather than like actually clinically um, yeah. smart. She's a little older school from what I can tell from what you're saying. Oh, definitely. Me. Yeah. I think she, she was literally counting down the years for retirement like she oh. was like not like in a oh i still have 30 years left like she was like right. if i just stick yeah. it out for two more years i'll have and i remember her telling me like i have a long wait list of students who would love to be in this position that you're in and i was so thankful guys even like even though she was saying mean things to me even though she was so mean to me and i was crying every single day i literally it took so much encouragement from my friends to stand up for myself and tell my professor mm-hmm. Because I was just like, I, I can do anything for two months. Yeah. I can do anything for three months. Like, I can tolerate anything for three months. And they were like, yeah, but you don't have to. Like, you yeah. can, but you mm-hmm. really don't have mm-hmm. to. And I was like, okay, you're right. So 
I mean, I was very thankful to be there. And I genuinely would have loved to work at that facility. Like, I loved the therapist that they had. I loved the way that they handled their patients. I would have, like, if I had a loved one who needed rehab, I would like for them to go there because they genuinely care so much about their patients. I don't know how they hired her. I don't know how she got the job. I don't know how she kept the job because she did not match the aesthetic. But right. yeah. she didn't match the vibe there. Well, but yeah, that is my learned, bitch, though. please. <laughs> I was like, that was a good one. And I'm happy you got a better experience with mm-hmm. a new placement. That's beautiful. That yes. the other one really nurtured you and made you more. <laughs> made, yes. Filled she you with love like, instead of me. She did. She really, really did. Like, fill my cup. She was just like, you know what you're doing. She always like... It's not that I need to be constantly complimented, but like after being with this good. Other supervisor, it does feel good. But after being with this other supervisor, I was second guessing everything that I do. Like mm. I was like, I should do this, right? Like I was very much in a, I need you to validate what I'm doing because now I don't know. And she was really good at that. She met me where I was. She, it's funny. She didn't even ask why I was having like to transfer in the middle of my internship. She like she was like I know that you had a hard time at your last like that the last supervisor was giving you a hard time I don't know what the details are and if you want to tell me like that's fine if you don't like I'm fine with that I did end up telling her like maybe halfway through like when I felt comfortable with her Mm -hmm. um and she was like horrified she was like I'm gonna cry just listening to what you're saying and I was like I'm gonna cry too I literally couldn't tell that story for a long time without crying just because like that really took a toll on me yeah trauma Mm-hmm. It was. Sad. It should have been a trauma dump, is what it should have been. <laughs> it's a mixture of but both. It is. It's a little bit of both, and I think actually a lot of my trauma dumps are from my medical that experience. <laughs> I'm happy yes. it got turned around. Mm, me too. I'm glad, and I really hope that wherever she is, she is in a lot of less pain. And I hope she's finally retired, and I hope that she is doing so much better. But. Me as well. It was a me good experience. Well. I did put it on my resume and it got me oh. my CFY. Got job you your CFY. Yeah, got you your It was CFY. a good location. Um, right. like I should benefit right. something from this. Okay. Absolutely. So that is my SLP confession slash trauma dump slash what I was about to cry on the podcast. Um, <laughs> let's move into it. Let's move okay. Into yeah, let's move into the next one then. <laughs> Um, our next segment, guys, is our SLP, our de- deepest, darkest secrets, our confessions. What funny or embarrassing thing did you endure? Okay, so this is embarrassing. Um, this is when we were doing our aphasia groups. So mm-hmm. some background, Hannah and I went to the same university. We had a professor who does amazing programs for people with aphasia. Um, And so one of them was a mild cognitive impairment group. And so these were people that um, had just gotten that diagnosis and Mm -hmm. we were doing a support group for them. And somehow we got to the topic of eyesight and I have really bad eyesight. I have negative four in both eyes. Do you wear Um, glasses? I do. I wear contacts, but I do wear glasses. Yeah. I am very much um okay so I cannot see very well without my eyes without my contacts um Mm. and so we got to that topic and um we just started discussing who like the topic of being legally blind 
And for some reason, I thought legally blind. <laughs> I thought legal blind, like to be legally blind, you had to have negative four eyesight. It's not, it's negative eight. <laughs> so way worse than my eyes. And I made a comment of like, oh, actually, I'm legally blind. <laughs> And like, I remember, I remember because I remember one of the patients like looked at me and she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, like I am, my eyesight is so bad. I, I have, and she's like, you're not wearing glasses. And I was like, no, I have contacts. <laughs> and she was like, just looking at me like, you're weird. Like you are not legally blind. Um, and yeah, that's literally, it was so embarrassing. I went home and I was telling my mom about this conversation. I was like, yeah, it's so weird. She didn't believe me that I'm legally blind. <laughs> so my mom's when like, because you you're not. Why <laughs> like, that day? My mom was like, that's because you're not. And I was like, no, I am. I'm literally negative <laughs> for eyesight. And that's what legally blind is. And she was like, no, legally blind is negative eight. And we looked it up and I was wrong. Um, and I was so embarrassed. I felt so dumb because this is an incredibly dumb moment that I had. And I, um, the next session that we had, um, I was like, you were right. I am not legally blind. So yeah, that's my SLP confession. That was a very embarrassing moment. It was in front of a whole group. There were two other, um, facilitators for this group. Mm -hmm. They also looked at me like, this girl is. Where did you get this number though? Like. When did you start telling yourself you were legally blind? Honestly, I have no, <laughs> no idea where this came from. I just have really bad eyesight. Like, I cannot, like, if you're sitting across from me and I don't have my contacts and I don't have my glasses, I can't see your facial mm-hmm. features. Like, I am so, not legally blind, but so blind. And so mm-hmm. I was like, well, <laughs> must be, like, I don't know. I don't know how I I wonder if you've ever... Number. Have you said and said that anywhere else besides this situation? No, thank God, <laughs> thank God. I have, have no, thought it. That. Like, have you thought that you were legally blind before, or did it just yes, come to you in this I situation? Genu- no, I genuinely thought I was. Like, I genuinely oh, wow. was like, my eyesight is so so bad, and like, um, and I mean, I've always had bad eyesight, but I don't mm-hmm. know at what point. In my glasses life, did I decide it was? <laughs> did I decide that well, I was legally blind? Well, congrats, madam. You're not legally blind, and that's actually a blessing in disguise. But <laughs> you're not legally blind. <laughs> thank that you, is thank actually you, very funny. Yeah, that's, that's why it's my confession because it's so embarrassing. I like. I was like, oh my god, how am I gonna face these people next week? And I just like, because she didn't, didn't say like, oh, you're wrong. She was just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think so. Just and so I told her like, oh my gosh, yeah. So I was like, I made it into like a little funny topic. of like, At least you admitted it. Last week. At least you admitted to your mistake yeah. the week after. Because you can't, um, yes, yes. you can't be mean to the people that are actually legally blind with actual, actual no. you know. No, you can't no, group no. yourself I, in that category, madam, when you're not. I know. I don't. I'm not. I'm not legally blind. I have overcome that misconception, and <laughs> I'm happy with the result. So, okay. So, Hannah, do you yeah. have an SLP confession for us to share? Yeah. Yay, um, go ahead. I think your yours beats me 100%. That is very funny. <laughs> um, but here is mine. So, um, at my hospital, we are very 
we were a little outdated before I came. And so I've been really trying to, you know, catch us up a little bit with the evidence-based practices. And so um, if you don't know um, the ones listening, or if you don't know, Madame, um, oral care is very important to decrease our patient's risks of getting pneumonia. Um, Mm -hmm. If we have a dirty mouth and there's bacteria in our mouth um, that can enter into our lungs and cause more bacteria to grow. And so this is specifically important for patients who have been in the hospital or have um, dysphagia risk factors if they have a decreased cough response or a weak cough. And so I found out I found out um, during my first couple months in my clinical fellow that none of our patients get oral care, that patients were going really, three, yeah, three to five what? times um, Wait, for multiple Wait, isn't that days. illegal? Isn't that illegal? Technically, yes, because it's in the nursing. part of... Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, so th- it's part of like the nursing like code of ethics that they have to complete um, basic like activities of daily living for personal hygiene. And so um, I didn't... I didn't know that in the beginning, but I had found out that, you know, patients were telling me that they hadn't done oral care. They hadn't brushed their teeth. And it was like, if mm-hmm. I got an eval and if they already had been to the hospital for three days, I would, the first question I would ask is, when was the last time you brushed your teeth? You brushed your teeth. And they said, oh, the morning before I came to the hospital. And I was like, oh, so you mean three days ago? They were like, yeah, that sounds about right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, and so I hate the feeling of having not brushed teeth. I can't imagine mm-hmm. going going multiple days. Wait, so like imagine. There, right. Yeah, I I know, but so were um were there other SLPs and they just weren't doing it either? Or like was yeah, were you usually just, like the first SLP to go? Or they just did I both? think it was the first one to really address it. Um mm-hmm. and the speech therapist before me, maybe were uneducated on the risk factors of or how important oral care is. Um, and so basically, I had brought this up to the nursing supervisor. And, you know, I've been, I was really pushing for it. And I would, um, I would talk to all the nurses and try to educate the staff about it. But it, it wasn't, I wasn't doing enough. I wasn't, I only, we have like a very small hospital. We have like a hundred, maybe five beds, maybe 110. Mm. And I was only, I only see like, 10 of those patients out of the 105 Mm -hmm. to 10 beds we have. So I was only getting a few patients and I was only educating a few of our staff members or our nursing, our nursing staff. And so finally, you know, I was getting kind of tired of having to repeat the same thing over and over again, and it was never getting done. And to the point where I was starting to report it, we have this system where, you know, if we see something that's unethical or just, you know, something that our hospital needs to do better, better on, we can report it or like a safety concern. And so I started reporting it. And so I told, I went up to the nursing supervisor and I was like, Hey, this needs to be addressed. This is a big concern of mine. How can I support you and help your staff? Um, how can I educate them? And I finally kind of got fed up and I go, can I come to every single morning huddle? And this is a large commitment. That's a big mom. commitment. A huge because commitment. I was, I was committed. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize. You know. and I, I drive an hour, 45 minutes to an hour to get to work, right? So I wake mm-hmm. up pretty early to get to work at 7.15 and 7.30 in the morning. So I did not realize that morning huddle was at exactly at seven o'clock in the morning. And so, and it, it didn't last very long, but I had to be there at least at 6.45 to seven, right? To show up. Mm-hmm. And so I committed a whole week to doing this. Okay. So 
it was my last day doing it. And, you know, I already had, at this point, I had a script down. I had, I had memorized exactly what I was going to say. And so I'm kind of saying it, you know, I'm going through my list and talking about, you know, the Fraser free water protocol, talk about oral care, talking about ice chip protocol. And at the very end, I say, thank you guys. I'm talking all the nurses, right? A big crowd of nurses. And I go, thank you guys so much for all your help and your support. I really appreciate you guys. And guys, I love you so much. I love you all so much. <laughs> Why did you do that? Why did you do that? No. It was not oh a nice gosh. script. I literally, literally said, I love you guys. And I walked away. And they all chuckled and they were all laughing, right? Like an endearing laugh. And I walked away and I was walking down the stairs and I go, I literally told all the nursing supervisors, the manager, all the nurses that I love them. Like I do appreciate them, but to say I love every single one of them, I I don't know if that's accurate, Hannah. Oh my gosh. And I literally, I just like... I posted it on my Instagram and the nurses that I'm actually, that follow me and I'm really close to, they messaged me and said, Hannah, no, it was absolutely amazing. It was so endearing. <laughs> the manager, um, she loved it and just like had a, had a blast the mm-hmm. fact that you said it. And I was like, yes, I, gr- great. That was, I'm happy it came out endearing, but like, I was so, emba- I was so mm-hmm. embarrassed that I said that to everyone. It's true. I do care about them deeply, but. Yes. Do I love you? That's funny. I feel like it's the same vibe as like when you go to a restaurant and they're like, enjoy your food. And you're like, you too. Like you just kind of <laughs> right, right, say right. it, but like without really thinking. Without That's thinking really funny. It, yeah. yeah. How many people were in that room? How many people do you love? Yeah. It was like only two that I actually really would tell like the nurses, the two nurses that I got really close to. And I think that's why I felt so comfortable because those two nurses hadn't been the ones that I'm super close to weren't there previously. And so I typically mm-hmm. would tell these nurses, Oh my gosh, I love you so much. Like you're the mm-hmm. best. And so I yeah. think that's why it came out so naturally. Cause I felt like I was, you know, like when you're in a, mm-hmm. in a, like a talking and you're like in a, like a speech kind of setting mm-hmm. and you're the, you're the main like speaker. Um, yeah. and you kind of zone into like the two students or the two people that are like nodding their head and like mm-hmm. listening in. Like, that's how I felt. Yeah, yeah, that's how I felt. I felt like it was those two people that are the ones I was close to, and I was just talking to them. And so just came out. But yeah, that's my SLP confession of the week. Um, but I do, I do love them all, but maybe just not to the extent I mentioned it. that's really funny I feel like that is such like a sweet confession like that is such like a a feel-good confession I love it I'm happy to end this on a good note (laughs) yes take some of the heaviness of the early topic and (laughs) flush it Now we like to conclude every episode with our SLP recs of the week. Um, Hannah, do you have a rec for us? Absolutely. My SLP rec is medical SLPs, functional materials. I don't know if you've seen this, but um, I don't know who the author is, but there's a whole website called medical SLP Mm -hmm. and this, this author, have you seen it before? 
Yeah, I bought all their. Um, oh my gosh! When I first started my internship, <laughs> I bought I bought everything. Right, I bought the whole bundle. They're with so good. I think twenty. Yes, and she mm-hmm. this. I think it's a she. I'm not exactly sure. I could be mistaken, but um, the person that owns it owns a company. Um, had recently read she redone she redid all of the materials to make it more. Uh-huh. Um, like new, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're beautiful. I was like, they're amazing. And I even bought the two books they have. The functional book has like things that patients would do typically, like managing your meds, um, mm-hmm. doing like recipes, looking at, you know, mm-hmm. um, menus, things that they would actually yeah. do in a functional world. Um, so that's my rack of the week. Yeah. Okay. I, this is not my rec, but I also agree with Hannah. So that really mean, no good, terrible. I'm just kidding. Um, that, that supervisor, <laughs> that mean supervisor, um, she did, was not impressed with anything I had to offer, but she was impressed with this. So I had, like I oh. said, I bought them. I had downloaded them, printed the, like the specific activities that I felt like we would use a lot. And I had showed them to her, like, as we, like when we had a patient who needed to help I needed help with medication management or things like that. I would show them to her and be like, oh, this is an activity that I found on. And she was so impressed with that. She's like, this is a good activity. Can I have a copy of it? She liked them. She liked them a lot. And for a good reason, because like, they're that. very functional. They're so they nice. I think one of them is even like making appointments. Like mm-hmm. it is so, so good. And it's worth every single penny that goes into it. So I didn't especially, know she updated them. Yeah, especially if, and I think if you bought them previously, like you can re-download them with their new, mm-hmm. her new template, with the new templates. Um, and so, you know, even if you're like a new SLP, if you're in grad school, if you're a mm-hmm. CF, if you're even like way like in the field, um, mm-hmm. this one's really good. And then I think this is another SLP rec, but like, I think honeycomb, I don't know if you're honeycomb speech, it's very similar to like medical SLP, but, um, mm-hmm. very functional activities, but yeah, yeah. that's my SLP I rec. Really Okay. Okay. Um, and then my, yes. My SLP rec is the Pediatric Feeding Mentorship Group by Brianna Miluk. I don't really know how to say her last name, but she is the Pediatric Feeding SLP on Instagram. So if mm. you are looking into doing pediatric feeding, um, there's not a lot of resources out there. She has like a no. beginner's, no, there's, a, I did her beginner's mentorship group, loved it. I think it was when I did it. I think it was four weeks or six weeks. I don't remember. And it was really good, you guys. Like I learned so much. And then she gives you resources. She gives you materials. She Everything she does is evidence-based. I love her. I recommend following her Instagram because she posts a lot of research. She posts a lot of tip, tips. She recently, by recently, I mean, I think it's been a year, maybe a little bit more. Um, she started the advanced pediatric feeding mentorship group. And that is like a 12 week course. It is so, so good. You get CEUs for it. Um, I took that too. And I loved it. You get to join a group um, on Facebook, you ask questions. It's such a good vibes group too. Like nobody in there is judgmental. Nobody in there is mean. Mm -hmm. Um, And these were really great starting points for me for, um, for, becoming a pediatric feeding therapist. I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people want to do that. They don't know where to start. She is where you start. She is so, so good. 10 out of 10 recommend. That That's a good rack because I feel like, you know, when you mentioned to me, when you reach out to me, because we you guys, if you guys don't know, Madame and I actually didn't talk a lot after grad school. Um, but, you know, when you mentioned to me, you were pediat- um, pediatric feed, that's your specialty was in pediatric feeding. I was like, oh my gosh, we never even, we like, barely touch that in grad school. We, like yeah, one we did lecture. dysphagia class. 
we it was the middle of it was actually right when COVID started. Remember, we right, halfway yeah. through switched to mm-hmm. online. It was so hard to pay attention, if I'm being honest. But I have always known, like, I wanted to either like work with um, overseas in refugee camps with people who speak Arabic, because that's what I speak, um, or I wanted to do pediatric feeding. And like you said, our program didn't really go much into it. So when I found her, I like I clung and I take every Hmm. course she offers. I'm subscribed to her. I have like a monthly membership, which is like $10 a month. That's Um, really good. You get, yeah. Cause Oh, also the best part, you guys, you get lifetime access, whether you pay for the membership or not, you get lifetime access to the course and any updates. The only thing she takes away is like every, at the end of every week or two weeks, I don't remember. She does a group discussion um, and she takes those down at the end because it has other people in them, but mm. she like, you get lifetime access. So it's a little pricey, but honestly, for what I've seen, people are trying to like do courses for 2000, $3,000. Um, she was affordable and I would recommend doing the, yeah. the shorter one first just to see if it's your thing. But I really recommend it. She's so good. Well, Even if you just follow her social medias, it's so informative and she always just to get education. Sources. Yeah. And she always gives you, um, her recommendations, but that is my SLP rec. And you guys, well, you told me to ask me more about that. <laughs> yeah. Right. If I ever want to get into pediatric feeding, I'm definitely sold. Okay. Yes. Yes. And, and I can't like, I could just keep going on about it, but I won't. So, um, that <laughs> we've been a little, it's a little too long. We've, we've yes. had this podcast for a little too, tad bit too long. Yes. Yes. We're going to let you guys go. We promise. Um, okay. So that wraps up our third episode woohoo um and we encourage you guys to get involved and let us know what your slp confessions are and how you handled those situations and if you've ever had any spitch please moments and how you handled that situation um you can reach us at our socials which are at communication corner pod on instagram and tiktok and then also our gmail is communication corner pod at gmail.com and thank you guys for tuning in have a great day all right bye